The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Dear Christian people, I only have two things to ask of you this morning before we get into this word from God this morning, and it would be simply this, that, that you would obey the Eighth Commandment. That you would take my words and actions this morning in the kindest possible way. It's over. We are going to talk about something that is very difficult to talk about in our world. I open hide. That's my open at somebody else. We have arrived at Ephesians chapter 3. So it's I want to over. ask you to, to obey God's law, but also to love me as you have been loved in Christ. Because he gave us his only son and so with that kind of background and, and with that big ask, I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, and then we're going to get into what all of this means in our world today. The Apostle Paul wrote this by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with, with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. And in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Remember. That's how the Apostle Paul starts this morning. Call it to mind. And, and you would think that, that what he's going to say next is going to be, you know, something fatherly. Like, like something like this. Remember the teachings that I gave to you. Something like that. 
remember. Or you might expect them to say that, that remember something evangelical. You know what I mean? Like maybe remember what God has done for you in Christ. Just, just how forgiven you really are. Remember that. But that's not what they're called on to remember. In fact, one scholar said that this is actually the only time in all of the Pauline corpus to say, in all of Paul's writings, this is the only time when he says, remember your pernicious past. You see what he says to remember? He says, remember just how excluded you were from Israel. That's what you're supposed to remember. Remember just how distanced you were from Christ. Re- remember, you know, remember all of the bad stuff about what you used to be. Remember that. Call it to mind, says the Apostle Paul. And so they remembered. He even said, remember what they used to call you. He actually said it out loud. Like he he said the name out loud. He said, remember that they used to call you uncircumcised. I suppose, I suppose they maybe only whispered it and then sometimes they'd say it out loud, but they really meant it. Like they would go to the same supermarkets. They would go to the same concerts. They would go to the same public forums, but I think they really meant it. They would only maybe whisper it or think it to themselves, but but it was all the same. They would call him a name. They called him the uncircumcised. And it pushed them down. It made them feel like they were, they were far from God because they really were. He called them names. I can remember the names that, that some people used to say to me when I was a younger boy. You probably can't tell it, but I have really bad eyesight, like terrible. I'm like blind as a bat. And if I didn't pay extra money to get my glasses then, I'd really look like a dork more than I do already. So I remember I used to play basketball and I, would, I had these, these goggles. Remember Horace Grant? He used to wear these things too and they were thick and they were ugly and they were awful. And so people would say to me, they would actually, they would actually refer to me by something that I wore on my body. They said, glasses, pass me the ball and it hurt just a little bit. And after a while, I embraced the name. They'd say, glasses, pass the ball and I'd, I'd pass the ball. See, they called me names. and Maybe you've been called names before, but I've never been called a name like that, uncircumcised. As if me and my entire family were, were not worthy of God's love, as if we were farther from God than everybody else. Like that, that is a name that, 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 that sticks, that, that you can remember. And Paul says, remember it. Call it to mind. And this, it seems, is the best that we can do as human beings. At least it seems that way. This is, like, this is, this is the best that we can do in order to, to comfort ourselves, in order to, to justify ourselves. 
to make us think that, that we're good people. We have to categorize and label and we have to give names. In fact, C.S. Lewis, he actually said this in a book called Mere Christianity. He said, he said, nobody finds satisfaction in being smart. They only find satisfaction in being smarter than somebody else. Isn't that how it works? Like, like we, we go to a party and we find out like, oh, look, I'm smarter than all the other people in here. And then all of a sudden, somebody smarter walks into the room and we feel bad about ourselves. Because we need that. In order to comfort ourselves spiritually, we have to feel superior to everybody else. We have to use names. I feel beautiful because I'm more beautiful than her. I feel smart because I'm smarter than her. I feel superior because I'm whatever. And we even, we even use body parts and body characteristics to separate and divide. And, and the names come out and the factions form and the walls are built and the hatred forms. And it seems like we can, as a humanity, we can never put it behind us. And Paul says, remember that. Remember how it used to be because apparently, apparently for the Ephesians, this was a distant memory. Like, he had to call it to mind. It, they, had, they had somehow moved past all of this. So he says, remember it because it's not happening anymore. He says, God has done something in Christ that is beautiful and something that the world has never seen before. You see, in, in Ephesus, apparently this, this pernicious past was now a distant memory. And now at least once a week, at least once a week, they would walk into the same building. Look at that. Jews and Gentiles, they'd walk into the same building and they'd worship the same God. They would pray together. They would baptize together. They would receive the word together. They would take the Lord's body and blood together. They did all these things together where before they had used names. Do you see it? Everything was different. He said, Paul says, remember how it used to be. And you know what changed everything? It wasn't human effort. In fact, if, if you've learned anything, if you've learned anything so far from the book of Ephesians, it's never by human effort, is it? In fact, it, I could give it to you this way. If you look at all the verbs of this entire section, there's nine active verbs. You know who the subject of, of every single one of them is? God. <laughs> you see that? There's five, there's five passive verbs in here, and they all include us. And as if as Paul is saying, God is acting on you and you are passively just being moved into something that is utterly new. See what God actively did? It says this. God made the two groups one. God destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. God created in himself 
one new humanity out of two. God reconciled both of them to God through the cross. Things used to be that way. But then God sent his son, Jesus, and he trashed the wall. And he raised up a brand new thing that is wallless, where there is equality, where there is only one new humanity in Christ. And he did it through one simple tool. Listen to what, this is Paul again. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity of two out of two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Now, I know that's a mouthful, but we're going to focus on just one thing that Paul says. He put to death their hostility through the cross. Now, this is going to hurt, but I will not apologize for it. What did you come here for? Did did you come here to see one blowing in the wind? Did you think that we came here to, to play house or just sweep the floor? What did you come here for? Because if you didn't come here prepared, well, put on your hard hat because we're about to use explosives. We're going to knock down walls. Did you hear what Paul said? He said he put to death their hostility because what else can you do? He put it to death. He executed it. You think racism is okay? It's not. He put it to death. You think it's okay to separate and label and think yourself morally superior, more beautiful, more intelligent. He put it to death. If you haven't come along with me yet, then, then come stand with me for a minute and see your God crucified for you, for, for the world. As you see him die for you, can you feel superior to anyone else? Can you look down on them? Oh, you say you can't? Neither can I. He put it to death. See, the Christian faith is a strange thing, isn't it? It's a strange thing. It's a beautiful thing that before we can really live, we must die. So he puts to death that part of us that looks down on others so that we can really live so that we can become everything that God has called us to be and everything that God has made us to be, his redeemed and holy people.
You see, Paul, in the first time in this book, in Ephesians, we've, we've gone a little bit of the way now. For the first time in this book, he's going he's gonna to bring out as if on stage something that is new and different, something that he has not talked about except for in verse 1 where he says, to the saints of God in Ephesus. And he brings it out on stage and he says, it's beautiful. This is the way it should be. One new humanity, one who drinks from the same cup, who baptizes with the same word, who who receives the same spirit. One new humanity where the old has been put to death. And the new continues to grow. I mean, look at who they are. They are a new humanity. We are too. They they are reconciled to God. We are too. They are redeemed by the holy blood of Jesus. And we are too. And we're coming into a church, a temple. Look at what Paul says. Where the Holy Spirit dwells. And that God himself is building. So I want to give to you, and now comes the best part. And this I want you to remember too. I want to give you a new name. A brand new name. It's a beautiful name. Names have power. You know that, right? When we, when we name people, we have, in a sense, power over them. I'm going to give you a new name. And I want to tell you why I'm going to give you a name. One that that deepens our relationship, not only with citizenship in Israel, but with each other. We are a family. Isn't that true? We are a family. Together we believe that God the Father created the world beautifully and distinctly. Together we believe that God has redeemed this humanity and made us one in Christ. Together, we believe that that same Spirit works in all of us the same. We receive the same meal and use the same sacraments. We sing and rejoice and we pray. And now there is no longer any other name except this one. Are you ready for your name? Brother. Sister. Together. Amen.